last Sunday we talked about how God not only gives our church a vision, but how he wants to give you vision for your life. And one of the ways and one of the primary ways that you get vision from God is to have the ability to hear God's voice. It's one of the most important skills that you can develop as a child of God is to hear God's voice. Now, let me ask this question. How many of you have ever gotten an idea or you've got this crazy thought and in your mind you're going, is that God or is that me? Is God, are you calling me to this or is that the pizza that I ate last night that's just rumbling down and I'm not quite sure, like, is this just some far out idea? How many, how many, that's been you, you've had that kind of thing. How many of you, let me ask you this, how many of you are in a season right now where you've got to make some decisions and you need God to tell you what the decision is that you need to make? Uh, okay, there's a lot of us in here. And, and here's the beauty of hearing the voice of God because maybe you're in that place right now. I had a family member actually call me this week on Monday and said, hey, can you just pray with me? I have a very huge uh, decision that I've got to do with my business. Like I've got an opportunity to go with another business. I've got an opportunity to go with another business in another country. I'm also starting my own business. I just really need to hear from God. And I said, well, I've got a message for you this Sunday. Um, but I'll be praying along with you. And I know there's a lot of you that are in here where maybe you're confused and you just need some clarity or maybe you're discouraged and you just need to hear God say, you're on the right path. Just keep going. Just keep going. I think hearing God is probably the most important thing that you and I will ever do. But I believe we've made hearing God way more complicated than it is. Way more complicated than it is. Let me, let me read a quote to you from A.W. Tozer. He said this, the one, can we put that up on the screen for me? The one who does, we got it? There we go. The one who does not expect that God will speak will discount every single time God does speak. So if we, if we think, well, God can't speak to me or I can't hear God, every time God is speaking to you, you'll discount it as if it's not God. And many people have bought into really one of two lies when it comes to God speaking, let me tell you what those two are. First lie that we buy into is that God is not speaking anymore. Like God spoke in the Bible days, uh, he gave us his word, and he doesn't speak anymore. And there's actually many, many, many people out there, there's even church and denominations out there that said God no longer speaks anymore. He's already spoken everything that he needs to say. Just go read your Bible. The other camp, though, is that God only speaks to super spiritual special people. And, and if you're super, and if you're special, and if you're spiritual, then God will speak to you. And I just want everybody to hear this today. Both of those are not true. God will speak to everyone. So I want you to write this down, ready? Write this one really big idea down, and here's the big idea, ready? God wants to speak to me. And now I need everybody to say this out with me. Everybody say this. God God wants to speak to me. All right, let's go to scripture. Here we go. All right, so let's go to John 10, and it says this. Speaking of God speaking, it says, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. And to him the gatekeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. I'm just go ahead and let you know, God is the shepherd in this story. We are the sheep in this story. Look at someone next to you go, bah. Okay, so <laughs> we're the sheep. The sheep hear his voice, 
And, and watch this. And he calls his own sheep by name. By name. This was a really incredible uh, gift that a shepherd had is that a shepherd could be with a, you know, a whole flock of sheep and the shepherd could make a certain sound and call out one sheep out of the whole flock of them. This is why when he talks about he can call you by name and he leads them out. Look what the next verse says. And when he has brought out all of his own, I just stop there because this is the craziest part of it all. That, that oftentimes shepherds would have all of their flocks intermingling. There would be maybe four, five, six, seven different flocks that are all in the same pen together. And a shepherd could stand at the gate, open up the gate, and make a sound, whatever his sound was. Let's go. Like, I don't know if that was. That's maybe caused more monkey sounds, but that would be mine. Okay, so let's go. And, and here's the crazy, there could, be, there could be a thousand sheep and his 50 sheep would walk out. Just his 50. That's why he says, when he's brought out all of his own, his own would come and he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Verse 27 says this, and my sheep, what do they do? They hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I love what Dallas Willard said. Dallas Willard put it this way. He says, if God doesn't speak today, then the greatest disservice we could ever do to people is to tell them that they could have a personal relationship with God. What a disservice that would be to you and to me if we're telling people, it's not religion, it's relationship. Oh, but by the way, he can't talk to you. Yeah, you can talk to him and you can pray, but no, 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 he can't talk to you. What a disservice would that be to be able to know that God is a personal God. He longs to speak to you. Just as a father longs to speak to his children, a mother longs to speak to her children, you as a friend long to speak to your friend, we've got a God who longs to speak to you. And how we view ourselves, I think, shapes how we hear his voice. And here's why. Because yet again, as if A.W. Tozer just said, if we don't think we can hear from God, you won't hear from God. But if you think... I am a child of God, a man of God, a woman of God. I've submitted my life to God. How I many know God wants to speak to his children? He wants to speak to you. He desires to speak to you. And you've got to see yourself that way. God wants to have relationship with you and with me. And hearing God is one of the greatest privileges that we have as children of God. This is one of the distinguishing factors between someone who has surrendered their life to Jesus and someone who has not. This is like the X factor because there's a lot of things you can do in your life without God, but one of them is not the ability to hear him. You've got to be one of his to hear him. And so one of these unique gifts is kind of this X factor that you and I have is that when we come to a defining moment in our life, we come to a fork in the road that we don't have to rely on our wit, our intelligence, we don't have to rely on our skill. We literally can go, God, what do you want? And he tell us. I mean, no, that's a special skill. To, to help us navigate the directions of where we should go. God desires to speak more to you than you desire to hear from him. And so, watch this. 
If you feel like God's voice has been put on mute in your life, it's not because God's not speaking. It's because we're not listening. Because God is speaking. Let me, let me show you what Proverbs 3 says. Proverbs 3 says this, verse 6. I love how the message translation says this. It says, listen for what? What do we should be listening for? For God's voice. In what? In everything you do and everywhere that you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Now, I don't know if you are like me, but looking back in my life, I believe that God has led me more than I actually give him credit for. And oftentimes, I think we're being led more by God than we think we actually are. And sometimes it takes you looking in the rearview mirror to realize it more than the windshield. Like, that you look back and go, how many of you just look back in your life and go, I don't know where God was. But as you look back, you're like, oh, there where, there's where he was and there's where he was and that's what he was doing. And oh, that's, that's where he's at. And, and, and I've seen that happen more and more times in my life than I, I care to think. I, the, the fact that I'm here in Louisiana is because of God. I, I, I intended to be a Texas boy through and through my whole life. And the fact that I even moved to Louisiana was a God thing. And at the time when I moved to Louisiana, I didn't even really think that it was God leading me. I just felt like maybe this is just the next step that I should take, and I just took the next step. And then I remember even moving here to, 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 uh, to Welsh when I first moved to Welsh. I mean, when I was sitting in that barn, I was literally in a barn. When I was sitting in that barn, can I tell you how many times I was like, is this the Lord? There's no hot water. There's no AC. Is this the Lord? And, and now, of course, looking back in hindsight, looking through the rearview mirror of my life going, yeah, that was definitely the Lord. Marrying my wife, the Lord. I mean, just multiple times where, let's all be honest. You think it's God, but you about 70%. Can we all be like, completely brutally honest in here very little or somebody like 100 this is the lord like most of us are like i think i think and i want to give you permission for that to be okay that you don't have to wait for it to be a hundred for you to obey like if you feel like this is something and 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 maybe i'll give you a grid in just a little bit on 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 how you can make that decision just that way and this is what I told my family member that, that asked me this week about a big decision that they have. I said, here's the truth. Whichever way you go, I know you're going to honor God. I know you're going to glorify God. And I know God's going to be honored in whatever you do. So take the pressure off. Like, take the pressure off. Like, I know we want to get, uh, you know, this. It's this. But I think if our heart is to want to honor God, obey God, and whatever it is, I mean, we, we've put a little bit too much pressure on ourselves. Now, I grew up most of my life, actually my entire life, I grew up um, not with cable television, but with like antenna television. How many, do I, do I got any antenna people in here? Like, y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, aluminum foil. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Hold it right there. No, hold it right there. Dad, can I move? No, just hold it. Well, I want to watch. I want to, like, that's like what I grew up in. I, like, we didn't, we were, 
we did not have money, and so cable was like for very, very rich people. Um, and so we grew up with like the, the like five, six basic channels and PBS. Like that was my growing up. So like Lindsay would always be like, did you watch this? And I'm like, no, I didn't watch that. She's like, you don't watch it? She's like, you were so deprived. I'm like, I don't care. I mean, it's just, there's so much that I didn't get to see because I didn't have cable television. So when I got married, when Lindsay and I got married, um, the very first thing I told her, I said, we got our own house. Like I had my own place, bought my own house. I was 21 years old. Lindsay and I had our first place. And so like the first thing, I, I got hand-me-downs everything, like hand-me-down beds and furniture and tables and all this stuff. I said, the one thing though, I'm telling you, we're getting cable. <laughs> like I barely made any money, but I was gonna get cable. And, and so we got cable, and all of a sudden, my world just went from, like, black and white to, like, HD. I was like, there's 600 channels. Here's the craziest part of it all. There's always been 600-plus channels, like, always been, transmitting throughout the air, in the airwaves, there's always been these 600 plus tr transmitted signals of, of, of stations and channels and Food Network and, and ESPN and all these things, Hallmark and everything was there. Not for me, for Lindsay. And so all these stations that were always there, watch this. They have always been available. I just didn't have the right hookup. But once I got the hookup, I got all the stations. Here's why I say this. God's always been speaking. He's never stopped speaking. He's always been speaking to you. He's always been speaking to his people. The reason why we can't hear him is because we just don't have the hookup. But when you get the hookup, come on, how many know? You hooked up. And so my prayer today is to hook you up. And if you're like, I don't know if I'm hearing God. I don't know if I... I, my prayer, this has been my prayer all week. God, help people who have never heard your voice to walk out of this place going, I heard God today. I heard God today. And that's, that's my desire today as we go into this. And so I want us to look at right now uh, a passage of scripture about a boy who's in the Old Testament who God was speaking to him, but he didn't even realize that it was God. He didn't catch the signal. And, and he needed some help to realize, like, no, 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 God is actually speaking to you. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 3. We're going to read 10 verses together. And it says this. In 1 Samuel 3, verse 1 through 10, this boy by the name of Samuel. It says, meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now, let me just introduce the characters in the scene. So, um, so you have Samuel who's a boy, his mother couldn't have a son. She did have a son. Then she ended up dedicating her son back to the Lord. Um, and he went and served in the temple and he served with Eli. Eli would be like the pastor of the church. And so Eli was now kind of his caretaker. Eli was the priest of the, of the temple. And Samuel is serving in that place. He's serving, he's serving the Lord. Notice this, he's serving the Lord by assisting Eli which I, I, I wanted to stop there just real quick and just say this. Listen, nobody serves a man. Everybody serves the Lord. We assist people, but we serve Jesus. And now in those days, now watch this. This is huge here. Messages from the Lord, they were what? They were rare. So actually, there was a season where God wasn't speaking much. 
And so hearing God was very rare in that time because God wasn't saying much. And visions were quite uncommon. And one night, Eli, who was almost blind, so did not have the ability to see, had gone to bed. All right, now watch the next verse. It says, and the lamp of God had not yet gone out, meaning he was still alive and all that. And Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. All this is so much, there's so much here, but I want to keep going. It says, suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes? Samuel replied, what is it? And he got up and he ran to Eli. He says, here I am. You called me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. (laughs) Sounds like a parent right there. Just go back to bed, please. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. And again, Samuel got up and he went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son. Eli said, go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time and once more Samuel got up, he went to Eli. (laughs) Here I am, did you call me? And then Eli realized, oh wait, hold on, hold on. This is maybe the Lord who was calling the boy. So the next verse says, so he said to Samuel, all right, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, is what I want you to say. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed and the Lord came and he called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Now, after Samuel says this, God begins to speak to him this whole list of things. And um, it's pretty amazing what God begins to share with him. God even starts giving him uh, insight about Eli. Actually, he shares some pretty bad news about Eli. But we're not going to go into all that today because I want us to just focus in on this part here. And I want to see if you noticed a couple of things. First off, I want you to notice where Samuel was. Samuel was in the temple of God. Samuel was in God's house. I want you to notice not only where he was, he was near the ark of God, which at that time, the presence of God dwelt in the ark of God. That was all, all the, the Ten Commandments, everything was in there. And so uh, when at that time, when they wanted to know that God was with them, they literally took the ark with them everywhere that they went. It represented that God was going with them. And so he's not only in the temple of God, he's, he's actually near the presence of God. Here's the craziest part. He's near all that and doesn't even realize it. Doesn't realize he's actually closer to God than he even knows. Not, not, not only do I want you to notice where he was, I want you to notice what he's doing. What is Samuel doing? Samuel is serving in God's house. Serving God, serving in God's house. And this is so huge here, and I think we can oftentimes miss this. But when you prioritize being in God's house, serving God's house, you're positioning yourself to hear God more than you even know. And this is why this is so huge for all of us in here. The fact that you're here today on a Sunday is not just to be able to say, hey, I'm here, 
How many know we're here because we all want to hear God? And maybe you're here today and you didn't even realize I'm here to hear God. But the fact that you're here today, hearing the word of God, worshiping with God's people, serving in God's house. How many know you're positioning yourself to hear God more than you even realize right now? This is such a huge deal for us. Now, I want you to notice also, though, not only where he was and not only what he was doing, but I want you to notice who God's voice sounded like. Who did God's voice sound like? Eli. Sounded exactly like, I think oftentimes we've, we, we can kind of make it seem like when God's going to speak to you, he's going to be like, Joshua. <laughs> yes, Lord, that's definitely the Lord. Now, just by a show of hands, how many of you, God has called you like that in a deep, audible voice? Raise your hand. Yeah, that's what I thought. Nobody. Notice that God's voice sounded exactly like his leaders. And it also sounded exactly like his own voice. Because he's like, wait, did I just hear something? And he runs to Eli to go, hey, you you talk to me? Because here's what I want you to also realize, that God and your leader's voice can often sound the same. And so what Eli, being a spiritual man, came to the realization of, it's, it's not me, God is speaking to him. And so let me give you just another little tidbit here. This is why it's so important to be around godly people, because when God's speaking to you, they'll confirm it, you need to go here, this might be the Lord. Hey, this might be the Lord. Hey, this is what I'm thinking through, and this is what I think maybe, and this is what they'll do. They'll go, hey, you know what? I'll pray, and uh, uh, let's seek the Lord together on this. Let's ask the Lord what he has. And this is what Samuel does. Samuel pushes, uh, Eli pushes Samuel back to bed so he can hear the voice of God and begin to discern what that is. So that's why he tells him, hey, say, speak, your servant is listening. So I wanna give us three thoughts today on how we can hear God. And uh, if you're having maybe trouble right now hearing God, uh, I, I pray that these things will help you. There's so much. We could do a whole series on this and maybe we will at some point. Um, but I want to just go ahead and, and, and zoom in on what I think are some three key things to hearing God's voice in our life. So here's the first thought, and the first thought is this. Uh, it's the first word. I'm going to give you three words. The first word is withdraw. And we're going to learn a little bit this from this story here, but the importance of withdrawal. Now, question, can God speak to you anywhere? Yes. yes. Can God speak to you at any time? Yes. Yes, absolutely he can but there's something special about when we withdraw to be with God. And, and we don't just see this in Samuel's life. We actually see this in Jesus' life. Look, look with me in Luke chapter 5, verse 16. It says this, but Jesus, watch this, Jesus often, come on, so let's say that word. Jesus often withdrew. withdrew. Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. So many people have asked this question, man, how could God do the miracles that he did? How did Jesus do the miracles that he did? How did Jesus stay strong when he was in criticism? How did Jesus deliver, you know, the demoniacs? How did Jesus heal what he did? Because he withdrew. He had a habit of withdrawing from the Lord. And and the reason why he withdrew is because chronic noise and busyness may be the greatest impediment to you hearing God. Let me say that again. Chronic noise... And busyness can be the greatest impediment 
to you hearing the voice of God. We live in a time where life is so loud. And I think Jesus literally, because he just had people with him all the time. How many of y'all, when you've been with people a lot, and if you're not a people person, like you like, I need some time alone. I just need to get away. Like, I think Jesus loved people, but I think there was an element of him. He's like, I'm done with y'all for a little while. Me and the Father need to go spend some time together. And it's so important because we live in a time, watch this, we live in a, in, a, in, a, in a world where everything's so loud, everything's vying for your attention from your devices that has notifications constantly, ding, 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 ding. Let me just give you a, just a really quick, this is just off the cuff, just help. I turned off every notification on my phone other than text messaging calls, everything, Facebook, news, uh, weather, like Every notification on my phone, I even turned off emails, like everything. Like, I'll get to it when I want to get to it. You don't get to tell me when I get to it. And I'm going to tell you, just that alone, just that alone will calm your soul. Just that alone. But you've got so much that's going, vying for your attention, vying for your time, vying for everything. And, and it's so important for you to just have an have a ability to step back from the noise, to step back from the, the craziness, to step back, withdraw from the busyness. And the greatest thief that steals our time with God is a busy lifestyle. When our lives get loud, we become human doings, not human beings. Because there's so much, we're just doing so much, we're always around doing, doing everything. And, and, and there's this important part of us being able to step back to tune into what God's doing. Now, how many of you remember back in the day, this was in your cars and this was maybe in your house, analog radios? Like analog. I'm not talking about digital where you just hit seek and it just goes into, I'm talking about analog where you had to turn the dial. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It's like, like like that type of thing where what you were doing is you were trying to get past all of the crazy frequencies of everything to tune into that station and you had to tune into it. Literally, that word tuning in, you had to tune it to catch that signal that was there. And I think that's oftentimes we've got a lot of static and a lot of noise withdrawing helps us to tune it in. Let's tune it in. Let's, let, let's tune out all that's going on and let's, let's tune in to what the Lord is saying. So I wrote down this question. What do you need to tune out to better tune in? What is it that's in your life that you need to tune out so you can better tune in? And maybe it's when you're driving to work, turn off all the radios and just sit in silence. I mean, no, we get really awkward with silence. But the last time I checked, the Bible says it's the stillness of God. Be still and know that I'm God. That it's in the stillness, it's in the quietness that we get to hear God's voice. I don't believe God's a shouter because as we look all throughout scripture, God, a lot of God's voice is whispers. Why would God whisper? Well, James 4, 8 says it this way. Draw near to God and what's gonna happen? He's gonna what? He's gonna draw near to you. He's gonna draw near to you. Let me ask you this. What do you do when you really want to hear someone? Y'all ever just know someone who like, they just kind of talk soft? They just got kind of like a soft demeanor and they just talk soft. And, and, and like, when you can't hear them, what do you do? You, you lean in. Hey, what'd you say? And you lean in. 
And yet, you get, you get closer to them, especially if someone's whispering. Like if, if Lindsay wants to tell me something and she doesn't want the boys to know, she'll look at me and she'll mouth. And I'm like, I don't read lips. I don't know. It's... <laughs> Husbands, y'all, have y'all learned that yet? I haven't. I don't know. I don't know what she just said. And I'll do it. I'll be like, I don't know what she said. And she's whispering because she don't want them to know. But I'm a fool. I don't get it. I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. I don't... Speak up. And she's like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. That's what I'm going to do. And so what I, so what I, what I have to do is I've got I've to come close. And she's got she's to whisper it in my ear. Like, oh, okay. I've got I to draw in. So this, this verse, draw near to God. Why do we draw? We, we draw near. God draws into us. And then he whispers things into our lives. So the first thing we've got to do is we've got to withdraw. So if you're having a very hard time hearing God's voice, the first thing we've got, to, we've got to ask ourselves right now is, is my life too loud and too busy? Is there a part where I need to slow down and withdraw so I can tune out, so I can tune in? All right, number two, listen. Listen. So here's where we misunderstand what prayer is. We think that prayer is us talking to God, and that is half true. But how many know prayer is also God talking to you? Just as much as God, you want to talk to God, God wants to talk to you. And one of the main ways that God wants to do that is, is there's two ways that you need, there's two things that you need to listen for, all right? Two things that God speaks through. I'm going to give you the two, and then I'll unpack both of them. God speaks through his word, so God's word is one that you can listen to what he has to say through, and the other one is God's whisper. It's two things, God's word and God's whisper. We'll, we'll unpack each one of those, but you need to tune in to hearing both of these. So let's talk about God's word. First Timothy chapter three, verse 16 through 17. Read this with me, it says this. It says, all scripture is, is what? Breathed out by God, okay? Hey, so when you talk, what are you doing? You're breathing out. You got all this air that's going out, okay? And this is how God, God's word was inspired. This is how God's word was created. God, all, his, all the scripture is breathed out. It's voiced by God, and it's profitable for teaching and for reproof and for correction and for training in righteousness that the man of God or the woman of God, why did God give us scripture? So that you may be, what's this word? Complete. Complete. And you may be equipped for every good work. This is huge here. Why did God give us the word? Why do we have this Bible right here that's full of the word of God? It's because God breathed these words. It wasn't just man's writings. This is scripture. This is holy, Spirit-inspired words from God. This is why, by the way, this isn't just any normal book, and this is why, by the way, this book has lasted for so long, because it's not just a normal book. This book is alive, and it's active, and the more you are in God's word, the easier it will be for you to discern God's voice. The more you're in there. Now, you know, when Lindsay calls me on the phone, and I answer, hello? and she starts speaking, I don't go, who's this? <laughs> Introduce yourself, please. Like, I, 
As soon as she's on the phone, and I don't even have to look at the caller ID, as soon as she says a word, I know exactly who it is. Now, now let me help you. I did not go through a class of 10 steps you need to learn to identify your wife's voice. I did not go through any type of training on how to do that. Um, None of that was there. I have just listened to this woman talk and talk and talk (laughs) and talk some more. And, And so I identify her voice. And the same with me for her. Like, Lindsay... Lindsay tells me this all the time, especially in our church. And we got all these people around. Like if she's in our church and she's looking for me, she just stops and listens because she can hear me. She can hear my laugh. She can hear my loud, my yes, everything. She hears it all. And she can point it out of a crowd. How many of y'all have a relationship like that, like where you can hear your spouse's voice from around the room? Or you could hear that. You can just spot it because, yet again, why? Just because you've, you've spent so much time with them You've heard their voice that you just know. Like, oh, that's, that's the voice. That's the voice. And the same is true with the word of God. The way that you get to know the voice of God is you've got to spend time with God. And the way we spend time God, with God is we begin to hear his voice. And God's voice sounds a lot like his word. And let me put it this way. God's voice will never contradict his word. I literally have had someone come up to me and go, Pastor Josh, listen, I'm going uh, to get a divorce with my wife. Oh, man, what, what happened? What, was she abusive? Was she, you know, was she adultery? Was it like, what was going on? Ah, no, I just don't like her anymore. And I feel like the Lord said it's okay. I'm like, I don't know what Lord you talk to, but um, it ain't the same Lord that, that I worship because last time I checked, It's very different than what this says. So we got to make sure that we're getting God's word. And that's how you begin to know God's voice. Let me put it this way. The goal of reading the Bible, maybe all of you in here, not all of you, but maybe some of you in here have a hard time reading the word. And if we're just all honest, there's times that it can be very, very challenging. I encourage you not to do like Bible roulette and be like, what do you got today? This. (laughs) might not want to do that. God can speak that way, but it's probably not the best way to speak. But let me encourage you with something, and maybe this will revolutionize the way that you read God's word. We don't read God's word to just know more about God. We read God's word to spend time with God. So you could read one verse and have an incredible moment with God. It's not about quantity. It's about, it's about connecting with God I mean, no, we, we, want, we don't want just information. We want transformation. That's what we desire. We desire to be transformed by this word. So perhaps the question that we should stop asking is, am I hearing him? And maybe the better question that we should start asking ourselves is, am I knowing him? Because the more you know him, the more you hear him. It's like any relationship. The more you spend time with someone, the more you know them, the more you have the ability to hear their voice. So God 
His word is huge. Spending time, get a reading plan, get an accountability, get a group of people and say, hey, I want you to, let's do this together. Let's read through this together. Get a really good devotional and we can help you with all of those things as well. But just every day, getting yourselves in the word. And here's why, yet again, it's so vitally important is because you are in a world of so much toxicity, so much just nastiness. The world is discipling you. It's discipling you. And if you are not in this book, you will fall for lies constantly. This is why we need the truth of God's word. So we need to know the truth. And when we know the truth, the truth will set you free. And so we wanna be in God's word. Let's talk about God's whisper. So we need to listen for God through his word. We also need to listen for God through his whisper. John 16, 13 through 14 says this, when the spirit of truth comes, Speaking of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, because God often speaks through his Spirit. His Spirit is, of course, in his word, but his Spirit also lives on the inside of you. It says, he will guide you into truth, all truth. And he will not speak on his own, but he's gonna tell you what he has heard. And watch this. And he will tell you, talk about an advantage right here. He will tell you about the future. How wild is that? Hey, listen, you don't need a fortune teller. You got the Holy Ghost. I don't know. What am I? I don't know. Syracuse? Not Syracuse. What are those? I don't even know what the horoscopes are. All right. But I mean, Syracuse. Y'all go to that college? Capricorn? I don't know what all they are. As you can tell, I've never done it. But we go to these things to try to get, you know, the future, and, and you've got the Holy Spirit. How many know God is the same yesterday, today, and forever? God is in your past, God's in your present, and God's in the future. How many know God's already there before you're there? Like, this will help you. God's in tomorrow before you are. Like, time does not bind him. He's not bound by it. Like, he's already there. He already knows where we're going to go. And so he can tell you the future. This is a lot of what prophecy is. Prophecy is the ability to encourage you and tell you, hey, this is what you can be encouraged by. He will bring me glory by telling, me you, by telling you whatever he receives from me. So when you don't have peace about doing something, stop. Stop. Don't keep going. It's amazing how the people, when, when they're confused, they increase their speed. This is actually, this is actually a statistic truth here. Uh, park rangers have so many stories of this that when people go into a park to go hike or they go camping and they get lost, they speed up and they start going everywhere and they get more lost. And park rangers actually have a much harder time finding people because they think, I'm lost, I need to hurry up and find my place, which they said this, this is one of their tips that if you're ever lost in the woods, stop. Don't go anywhere. Listen, look, and go slowly. And, and can I say that to us, church? When you're confused, don't go more. When you're confused, stop talking. Stop going. Stop moving. Just pause for a moment and ask, Holy Spirit, what do you got right here? Just take that moment. Take that, like you get some news that comes across your desk and you've got to make a decision and if you work at a company and they're looking to you to make a decision and you, you feel the pressure and I got to do this and I don't know what I'm going to do, can you just be like, stop. 
hey, can y'all step out of my office for just a moment and just stop for a moment and go, Holy Spirit, what do you want right here? Holy Spirit, help me here. What do I do in this, in this moment? And I'm going to tell you, the Holy Spirit will give you some peace. He'll give you some direction. When you need it, ask him. Let me give you a, a, a Christianese. <laughs> Y'all know what Christianese is? Christianese is like Christians that use their own kind of vocabulary. So they say words and like lost people are like, I don't know what that means. So Christianese, one of the Christianese is this. I felt a check in my spirit. That's a Christianese word right there. Like, you felt a check in your spirit. Like, what are you doing? You eating checks? Like, I don't know what's going on here. Like, what are you talking about? A check in my spirit literally means this. I just don't feel right about this. There's just something about this that I just don't have peace about. I don't know if it's a caution. I don't know if it's a, mamas, y'all get that? When your kids want to go do something, you're like, I got a check in my spirit. And your kids are like, you always got a check. Yeah, because you're stupid all the time. So you always, I got, I got warning lights going off all the time with you, all right? You're like, is that mom or is that the Holy Spirit? Yes. <laughs> it's yes. All right? Like, you just know. Like, I'm just telling you, there's these moments where you just go, ah, I just don't feel, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like that's the right, the right call. And so before you just dive into something, I'm telling you, if you do, you feel that little check, that could be the Holy Spirit. I can't tell you how many times I think the Holy Spirit has saved me from stupidity because I just, I, like I was about to send the text and the Holy Spirit was like, don't you send that. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like delete, 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 delete. Like before you post it, before you send it, like check, let's just check. Holy Spirit, you, you good with this? Watch what Isaiah, Isaiah says, talking about the whisper of heaven. Whenever, or whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. If you want God's direction, you're gonna have to involve him in the process. And can I even, I, I'll, I'll take this and we gotta go, but can I encourage you that if you hear something from God that you think it's from God, write it down. Like, write it down. And I'm gonna tell you why this is so important. So back in 2020, uh, I, I, I've been wanting to journal for a very, very long time. And I've got a ton of journals that have like three entries and then four months later and then two entries and then three months later and one entry. So in 2020, I made this just decision. I'm gonna do it. Uh, I got gifted a five-year journal. And, um, and so I've been writing in this. And now we're going on my fourth year of it, 20, 2021, 22, yeah, 2023. And, and remember how I said earlier how sometimes you don't think God's leading you, but you gotta look back to realize like, oh, God, I felt like you were far. You were actually closer than I realized. Writing it down for me has been that to be able to go back and look through a journal when I feel like I'm distant from God or I feel like God's abandoned me or I feel like I'm just, ah, oh, man, I can't make it. And I feel like to go back, watch this. When you look back at God's past faithfulness, it just encourages you for your future. Amen. But you can't do it if you don't write it down. So I want to encourage you to write, write, write it down. It's going, it's going to build your faith for the next season. All right, so we need to withdraw. We need to listen. Here's, here's number three. We need to respond. We need to respond. For those who maybe 
are really struggling where you've heard God in a season and now you're not hearing God in a different season, let me pose one question that could be a possibility. Doesn't have to be, but it could be a possibility. Here's the question. Why would God tell you to do something if you didn't obey the last thing he told you? So what I have found with God is that oftentimes he will tell you to do something, then he'll tell you to do it again, and then he'll tell you to do it again. And then when you wanna move on to the next thing, he's quiet because he's waiting for you to go be faithful to the thing he told you last. And so we need to learn to respond. Look at John 10, 27 says this, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. And what do they do? Come on, what do they do? Come on, say it again. What do they do? Watch this. When the shepherd calls, the sheep don't debate. They don't negotiate. They don't ignore it. They follow. God does not speak just to be heard. God speaks to be followed. God speaks to be obeyed. This is what he does. God wants you to obey. And, and so I wanna show you how easy this is and because this is probably happening more to you than you even realize. When God puts somebody on your heart, someone that's in your mind and that, that, that name or that face or that person drops into your heart, it's usually because God wants you to reach out to them. Yeah. Like respond to that, respond to that. But like when God is like, hey, say yes or say no, you need to, you need to do it in that moment. When the, you feel this inclination, like I need to go to this place, go to it. If you feel like I need to go talk to this person, like go to it. Oh, I feel so uncomfortable. Yeah, because God's voice usually calls you out of your comfort zone. So he calls you into something else. He calls you to another place. He calls you to go sit somewhere else, do something else, say something else, go somewhere. Because watch this, this is the visual picture that I want you to imagine. I want you to imagine all of these planes coming into an airport and you've got a control tower. And the whole idea of a control tower is to help navigate all the planes that are coming in so nobody crashes. But how many of you know, if, what would it be like if any of those pilots like, I don't care about the control tower, I wanna land now. I'm gonna do whatever I wanna do. I mean, no, that would not only be chaos, that would be life-threatening. And so we need to not only be able to withdraw and listen and hear the voice of God, but we need to respond because how I many know the Holy Spirit sees things you don't see? He sees what you, he's trying to help us avoid and when you respond in obedience, you have no clue what kind of disasters you're avoiding. You have no clue what kind of miracles you're setting yourself up for. Like God is looking for us to not just go, God, I wanna hear you, but God, I wanna respond to you. God, I wanna respond to what your word says. And there's some things that are just obvious. Like, should I love this person? Yes. Should I forgive them? Yes. Should I go out of my way to just try to serve someone? Yes. Like, you don't have to be like, I need a word from the Lord. No, you've got a word that says for you to do all of those things. Amen. You already got your word. Go do those things. And so here's, here's how I want to end today. This is, my, this, is, this is my posture and my prayer I want for us. God, I'm open to hear and eager to respond. God, I'm open to hear and I'm eager to to respond. So before I close out, let me just share how this is gonna work even practically as we approach our reach and build offering that's coming up next weekend, where people are like, oh man, that church is all about money. No, we're not, I'll tell you that right now. And I've never asked people to give anything that God didn't ask you to do. Here's a really cool exercise that you can do this week 
if you've never done this as an individual or a family, this is one of the most exciting things that you'll ever get to do, and that is to get to hear God speak to you. And so this week, even as we prepare for our offering that's coming up on the 19th, for you to go and sit down, if you're, if you're with the family, to sit down with your family say, let's pray through this together. Let's spend some time this week to really ask the Lord, God, what do you, what do you want us to do here? How do you want us to respond in this moment? Let's, let's do what 1 Samuel says, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. For your servant is listening. So maybe you're here today and you'd say, man, I've never been aware of God speaking to me before. Well, I wanna end today's service just giving us a, a moment in the presence of God for him to speak. And so I want you to do this all throughout this room. Would you just stand? I wanna, and I wanna show you how simple this is. So Holy Spirit, speak. All of your servants in here and those that are watching online, we're listening to you. God, thank you that you've given us ears to hear. God, I pray that you would give us a heart to receive.